0: This week on Ace on the House. What happened to spitting? I don't feel like there's as much of that in movies. There used to be there used to be that part where the guy does the creepy drag with a hand on the back of the cheek, and he said, uh. you know, we're going to learn to be friends. Yeah. And she, she's like, never. You know what I mean? They learn. Yeah, I would be like, I you know, I don't want to get too graphic, but I will instruct my daughter, if some super scary drug kingpin ever abducts you, Yeah. go ahead and pretend like you want to suck his cock until you can, you know... And then just spit in his face. No, don't spit in his face. Buy his cock off? No, no, I'm saying buy yourself a little freedom. Don't spit in his face, you know what I mean? Get That's going to piss him off. Of yeah, make him yeah. think you're cool.
1: He'll give you a little room around the compound. Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday or visit aceonthehouse.com only on the Ace Broadcasting
0: Network. Network.
1: Hey everyone. Um before the show starts, I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about a few things that I have wanted to sort of set the record straight on and also just um just you know chat with you about. Um you'll notice in this episode with Ricky Lindholm, we are talking about Valentine's Day and if you are on top of your shit then you know that Valentine's Day was a couple weeks ago so i just wanted to address that there is a delay right now um in terms of when we record versus when we air and we are trying to close the gap so just bear with us a little more as we talk about the past the timeless past um also another thing is that you know i've been reading comments and hearing things about how You know, eventually I'm going to need to differentiate the format of the show so that it's not just another show about a person interviewing comedians. And when I read them, it's um, it's bewildering to me because in my head, this show has a very clear, distinct format, which is this is a show where we talk about relationships and where we talk to people about their dating history and their dating patterns and things. And I do understand where the confusion is coming because I haven't really made that super duper clear. Even in the iTunes description, I didn't really hammer that hard. And I think it's because I don't want to be limited by that. And I also, you know, if it's a guest that I want to come on the show, I don't want them to feel like they have to talk about that if that's not something they're comfortable talking about. Um, it's actually, this is sort of a, a pattern in my life, which is that I'm always hesitant to really define, uh, myself or things I'm doing. If by defining that means that it's limiting it in some way. And, um, Sometimes I wonder if I'm actually putting myself in a worse position by not doing that. Like when I, you know I was a writer for years and I've always been a generalist. Um, however, there's this push to like, oh, what do you write about? I write about real estate, so um, I don't write about real estate. And this show's not about real estate. It's about love and everything else. Um, but then I had this idea the other day. Uh, I was casually musing about this podcast being turned into a television show which is, um, I was going to say it's ridiculous. It's well, it's ridiculous that I was casually musing about it. It's sort of like musing about um, when you're like in charge of the world and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I was thinking, uh, In Love, dot, 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 with Alison Rosen. How's that for a self-aggrandizing title? Which also communicates the idea that it's a show about relationships. Um, what else do I want to do? Oh, yeah, well, I know, okay, well, the thing about... Uh, it being a show about relationships, though, I can tell you sort of where I got the idea. Um, years ago, I was at the hospital with my mom, and she it was before she was going to have surgery, and she was really nervous and So I was trying to to talk to her and distract her from her anxiety. And I realized that maybe if I get her talking about how she was feeling on her wedding day and how she felt when she first met my dad, which are stories that I had never heard before, that would be something that would be happy for her um, and that would you know, make, put her in a more calm mood. And then it occurred to me at that time, or I began to wonder if... Well, I'll tell you what occurred to me, and then I began to wonder about it. Um, that everyone who is married... And usually when you meet married people, they're not, you know, super full of passion for the person they're married to if they've been married for a long time. It's just they just settled into a nice routine. But for every married couple you meet, at one point when they were dating, when they had just met, there must have been a moment where they're like, oh, my God, this is, is that person. I found my soulmate. I found the person that I've been looking for for all these years, and they must feel like they're in their own romantic comedy. I see the whole world as a romantic comedy, so for me, that's what I would want to feel that I'm in. But, you know, they could feel that they're in some other kind of genre movie as well. I don't know if that made sense. Let me know if it didn't in a nice way. Um, A couple other things. Um, There have been some mixed reactions to the music and the segments in the show. And I personally love the music uh, that Tom Rapp... Has created, but I just wanted to explain. A lot of the music in the segments came from my Ustream show, which was also called Alison Rosen's New Best Friend, and I used to describe that show as a kids' show for adults. It was very silly and very absurd and kind of purposefully stupid, and did not take itself very seriously. And I feel like um, some of that is potentially lost uh, because it's a podcast. Because there's just, I don't, I don't know, like without the visual element, for some reason, I think that it just comes across as a more serious endeavor. So people hear these kind of silly songs and these silly segments and they think, what the fuck are they doing in there? So I would just encourage you to realize that I know they're silly and I know they're dumb and I like them and I'm silly and I'm dumb. And I think that everyone takes themselves too seriously anyway. Uh, and you can be a super adult in the rest of your life, but when you listen to this podcast, try to be silly. Or don't, but maybe you could. Um, oh, one other thing. On this show, I talked with Ricky about the fact that I just started the birth control pill and I was griping because I had gained three pounds overnight. I've since lost those three pounds. Um, but I'm uh, now I have a question for you, the listeners who are female, um, also the male listeners, but I feel like it's the female listeners who might know more. I feel like I've been depressed lately. Um, I just stabbed myself with a ballpoint pen, by the way, just a little background color. Um, I feel like I've been strangely depressed lately. And I'm wondering if it could be because of the birth control pill. So I'm wondering, have you had experiences with being on the pill and being depressed? And it's not the, like, I, if I were moody and crying all the time, that I is what I would have expected because that is sort of what would happen to me like right before my period. Um, this is very different. This is just kind of a low-level, very constant um, depression and lack of being excited about anything in my life. So I'm wondering. I'm on um, low, low Western. That's the name of it. So have you had that? And did it make you also turn into the sad blob from the Prozac commercials? Let me know. And um, is there anything? Oh, yeah. Well, the one other thing I, I want to talk about um, fast, and I do mention this in a later episode, but I'll mention it in this one as well. Um, people – it surprises me when I uh, encounter comments from people who say that I come off as snarky or detached or smug or ironic um, because – these are things that I've never ever been accused of being before, and I don't think of myself as being that way. And when I, what, you know, in person when people meet me, they never think I'm this. And on television, part of the reason that people always liked me is because I come off as very sincere and open and genuine because I can fake sincerity. Um, so I think this is a function of the fact that for the Well, not for the first time, but primarily now, people are encountering me just just my voice. And I'm not someone who came up in radio who has this like silky radio voice. I'm someone who has my voice, and apparently, without my face attached to it, it comes off as a little bit detached. So I'm working on trying to sound um, more delightful, as uh, you know, more in keeping with the delightful person that I am in real life. So bear with me as I try to be less of an asshole if I sound like an asshole, because I really, I think the things that I'm saying that come off as assholish um, they're not intended to. I, I don't know what's going on, okay? I'm glad that I did not wrap that up nearly as well as I wanted to. And now, before the episode, a quick word about one of our delightful sponsors. Here we go. Listeners. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? I'm pretty sure you are. Here's an offer you won't be able to resist. You cannot resist it. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs. Not two, not one, three. And a free extra gift so sensual I can't even mention it on the podcast. Do you have any idea how sensual that is? I don't think you do. Let's top it all off. We'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type in BEST, B-E-S-T, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use the offer code BEST at adamandeve.com. Allison Rosen. Allison, Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, we had the good times never end. I've seen to in the wavy and pants again. I've seen Allison, Rosen, I was since your new best friend. Everyone, hi, hello. It's me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to Allison Rosen is your new best friend. This is the fourth episode. However, I should probably stop telling you what number episode it is, because eventually these are going to air in some other kind of order, and that is going to be all kinds of confusing for you. But for now, I believe this will be the fourth episode. My guest today is Ricky Lindholm. Hi. Uh, hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for coming me. all the way out here from what part of Los Angeles? Hollywood. Do you live in? Oh. Yeah. Thank you for coming here from the same city that you're already in. Right, you're welcome. <laughs> I, don't know, I feel like I wasted my thank you, but um, I do appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. S- thank you. So, just a lot of thanking that just happened. So, yes, anyway, we're girls. I know. Yeah. And we need to talk about being girls who have podcasts because you're the host mm-hmm. of a podcast. So we're going to yes. get into that. Cool. But. Gary and I were just talking about this with Mark Marin, not to drop a name or anything, nice. um, who we interviewed last week. And he interviews people, and then I believe he puts an intro on the top afterwards, right. whereas I don't do that. And what that means is that the guest has to sit there while I share some personal stuff between me and the listeners. That's okay. But feel free to jump into this okay. personal stuff. No, that sounds good. I, I just have hear- two things. I just have two things that I need to discuss. Do it. Which is right now. Not as you listen to this, but right now, as we record this, my website is down and it is making it so that it's hard for me to concentrate on anything else. Not unlike having a relative in the hospital. And I don't say that lightly because I have had relatives in the hospital. Um, And like for a little while, you can start to focus on your own life and think about other things, but then it keeps coming back into your, into your mind. And that's like my, my website. It's uh not okay right now. You should twitter that you had so many hits on your website that it crashed. I know. That's and not that you working happened. on it. I know. You guys crashed my server. Wow. I've seen people write that. Yeah. And then people will write back humble brag. And then I'm like just a brag. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No, it's just a brag brag. I don't do yeah. the humble brag. If I'm going to brag, I just brag. I was on humble brag once.
0: Um Harris Whittles told me, I, I can't remember what it was for, but it was pretty good. I was like, yeah, you got me.
1: That, that's fair. I yeah. know. <laughs> I know. And then the other thing, in, and this is very, um, very personal and very too much information. However, I just started taking the birth control pill again, after having taken it like a million years ago, because I have endometriosis. And I've talked about this, I had to have um, some ovarian cysts removed in December. And it's all, you know, a delightful, fun story that I keep mentioning. But anyway, that was because of endometriosis. And so now I have to take the birth control. And the, for years, my gynecologist has been Asking if I want to get on it, because I believe gynecologists think everyone should be on it sure. if, if they're women. Um, and I haven't wanted to because of headaches and because of potential weight gain because I'm always worried about gaining weight, so those have been my things, but now I don't really have a choice. I have to take it. So I just started taking it two or three days ago, and question: I should probably know how many.: days Have you ago. tried the ring? no it's amazing really no side
0: effects at all i tried i tried a couple different pills didn't like i had weird side effects i gained weight it was moody it was angry tried the nuva it's i've been on it for a year it's fine no side effects none
1: not for me i think the reason that i didn't want to try that is because i think it actually has more hormones in it than the pill she put me on oh really maybe not though i don't know i don't know Hmm. maybe it does have side effects and i'm a totally different person and i don't realize it but i feel fine you seem the same, even yeah. though I didn't know you before. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It was a little scary the first time I used it because I was like, is it going to be there when right. I go up to find it? <laughs> and I, that's all I could think about. Like, you can't stop thinking about your website. I For three weeks, I was like, is it still going to be
1: in there? Right. For and anyone what who who if it's not? No. The Nuva ring is sort of like a – how, how big, a big would you say? It's like a giant key ring-sized yeah. uh, circle mm-hmm. that you stick up your – Yep, uh, and it just sits there, releasing hormones. Right, and you
0: just hope it's still there when you go back to find it. But luckily, it was right where I
1: left it. And you go to find it with your fingers. Yeah, it's not that. F- do you, you need, do you feel it at all? No, right? Um, no, but I am told that they Men, do. men can feel it. Yes, right. Yes. Sort of like how I believe men can sometimes feel a diaphragm. Right. And by the way, this is lady talk. Yes. with Allison and me. Yeah. Do you know anyone who uses a diaphragm anymore? Because no. I feel like I, I don't heard- even know what they look like. I think they look like, um, this is what I imagine Mm -hmm. they look like. I'm not 100% sure. Imagine like a red rubber ball from Mm -hmm. childhood cut in in, um, thirds and then with like sort of a ridge around the edge.
0: See, I think the <laughs> diaphragm went like the that. way of the sponge and the dental dam. I think it's
1: over. Right. Yeah. In terms of things that don't really work. Right. Mm-hmm. Or things that are too complicated. Yeah. Or it's- things that I used to read about in Judy Bloom novels. Right. So anyway, I started the pill. Today's the third day that I took it. And um, I weighed myself this morning and I gained three pounds overnight. Three what? pounds. Now, I did eat soy sauce yesterday. And so I know... Because it's salty. Sauce. Salty, like, oh, salty okay. stuff can make you retain fluid. <laughs> right. So, And I'm thinking it can't be real weight. It's got to just be water weight. And maybe it's sort of like before your period or I don't know what the fuck. However, a that's in a total exaggeration. One gynecologist (laughs) and a friend have said that the whole weight gain thing, oh, that's just a myth. It's just that it makes you hungrier. Women don't actually gain weight on the pill. However, every woman I've known, including myself, does gain weight on the pill. Yeah, I do. Yeah, How much did you gain?
0: Well, I started to gain weight, until so I stopped taking it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, nope, that's not going to work. Which, okay. And just to fully drive away any listeners who want to hear about things uh, other than the birth control pill, which one were you on? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. a low-dose one. Is it? I believe, yeah. Well,
0: yeah, it did. I think you should give it two weeks and see, because I don't think you can judge by one night of gaining three pounds. Give it two weeks. And if- what if I
1: can't fit through my hallways anymore? Well, then you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's the, way it, it, that's the right. way it performs birth control. Yeah. No one will want to be with you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They make you fat and no one wants right. to have sex with you anymore. All right. And then I'll, and then I'll try out that new ring. So anyway, that's what's going on. And that's why it's hard for me to concentrate because my website is in a bad way and so is my ass. Mm. So anyway, today is <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yay. How are you feeling about that?
0: <sighs> wonderful. Uh,
1: you sound wonderful.
0: Yeah. I don't want to think about it. I'm in denial that it's Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, see, I always found that Valentine's Day is actually one of those holidays where it was pretty easy for me to ignore it. As yeah. opposed to New Year's Eve mm-hmm. where, like, you really – I mean, if you, you know don't have New, New, Year's. New Year's Eve plans and you're not going to try to make them, then you are sort of actively choosing not to participate. Yes. Whereas Valentine's Day is just sort of there if you want it. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in a relationship, in which case you kind of have to do it. Last
0: Valentine's Day, I performed in Doug Benson's show at Largo in the Benson Interruption. Oh, cool. Yeah, but my boyfriend at the time came with me and hung out backstage. So that was our Valentine's date. Not very romantic.
1: Is this the guy that... Now, when you came on the Adam Carolla show, you talked about a guy that he wanted to be the... Funny one. Oh, no, that's no, a no, guy. no. That was that's a totally the guy that different guy. Curtains.
0: That yeah. That was that was a guy that I dated briefly.
1: Is the, this Puerto Rico? Yeah,
0: yeah. Good memory. Thanks. Yeah, that was him. That was him. And why did you guys break up? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It was a surprise to me. And have so, you dated anyone? Since? I actually did go on a couple dates with someone. I I i'm so I think I'm too sensitive to date, I think maybe because I, I we broke up in April and then I didn't go out with anyone until December, so mm-hmm. how long is that like I don't know however long that is, and then it's um like eight months I dated someone, yeah, so I took an eight month break and then I tried to date someone, and it's just like e eh. and I, I was like i can't i don't know what's e well, like
1: I actually know, but I say that do you listeners. i just he like yeah. wasn't
0: um I don't know he I don't think he was really looking for a relationship and I don't know if I necessarily was but like knowing someone's not you just right. can't really proceed right. So I just kind of called it I'm like you you know and then and then he offered to uh, just have keep, sex with keep you? sleeping with me as long as he didn't have to commit or treat me well so I thought I'm gonna pass and so now I'm just chilling. How could you turn down that great offer? Though? I don't know. I mean, guys are so sweet. I love it. No, <laughs> no, the guy was, the guy was, the guy was nice
1: up till that point. Uh-huh. And then I was like, Ooh, did he tell you straight out that he didn't want anything though? No. Cause I went through years sort of hearing guys say they didn't want anything and not believing them mm-hmm. because I was always like, but I, but, but all this feeling between us, I didn't say that, but right. I thought that, but I was also dumb and young. Yeah. If, if someone tells you who they are, just believe them. Did it take you a while to get to that point where you believed them, though, or did you have more wisdom than I did growing up? Uh, oh, it took me forever to believe them. Yeah, it,
0: my whole twenties
1: was like a disaster
0: dating wise. It was it was fun, but like, oh god, you know. That's I think that's why I can't go back to dating guys like the one that I tried to date in December. I was like, oh, this feels like I'm 25.
1: I'm mm-hmm. like,
0: I like guys who are really really nice. I actually do. I don't. I don't, you don't go
1: for the bad boy. I like thing.
0: warm warm I like guys who bring me flowers and who you know that's I'm into it
1: right yeah and so what what did it feel like in December
0: it just felt like it felt like I was like 25 and it was like hey I'll call you when evs let's let's hang some let's hang soon like I'm like oh oh I'm
1: too old for this was he young or was he just no sort of emotionally retarded
0: yeah I just don't think he was in that place yeah I think he was in a different place than I was um And yeah, I think, but it's, it's weird because since then I've actually kind of felt better about my other breakup. I think it kind of was the thing that I needed to sort of like move forward. I think I needed to like date someone else and see that like, oh, I can kind of like someone like Mm -hmm. this isn't like the end of the world for me. Like I can like someone, I can sort of move forward and like have a love life eventually. Not yet. I'm still kind of, eh, but
1: eventually. Yeah. I find that if you date someone someone else Mm -hmm. too soon then the whole thing just serves to remind you of how much you and i say you i'm just talking about myself the whole thing serves to re or would always serve to remind me how much i miss the person i just broke up with yeah for no other reason than just because i miss how comfortable i felt with them Mm -hmm. i didn't have to worry about all those things like i remember once um this i like when i talk about this story i describe it as i i was so self-conscious. Like even my hair felt self-conscious. I, there was this guy that I wasn't even going out with. I was just, um, we just had this really sort of tumultuous friendship with, uh, with sexual tension in it. And I was really, um, hung up on this guy. Eventually we ended up getting together and then, um, it didn't really work. And then we, we became just friends and after that, everything was pretty smooth in our friendship. But at this point, things were still like, I really had a crush on him, but I kind of made myself go out with the, this other guy mm-hmm. and we went to the movies and I remember I was holding a Diet Coke in my left hand and you and I both have trouble with left and right. Yes. But I know this was my left hand yes. and I, um, I went to put, and the guy was really cute mm-hmm. and like in any, any other time I would have really liked him. And I yep. went to put the diet, the, uh, Drink, which is like cold and you know covered in condensation, mm-hmm. in the little drink holder, but I, it wasn't going in, so yeah. I was just kind of like pushing it down and yeah, and like what the hell? And then I look, <laughs> I, like I look over, and he looks at me like, "What are you doing?" And I, I had the, this wet cup, and I was trying to slide it between his leg (gasps) and the the arm oh oops (laughs) (laughs) you're trying to dump it on him yeah oh god no i was just trying i was just like no yeah getting frisky with the drink to him i don't know it was just it just you were giving your coke a hand job yeah (laughs) right you're like hey (laughs) yeah so then um i just thought what am i doing i can't do this it's
0: hard i don't like worrying about my body Either. i like kind of just like Being like, okay, now we're past that. Now I can just be comfortable again. I don't like that beginning of relationship where you have to kind of think
1: about it. Yeah. like, ooh. Yeah. I just want to move right past that. But then there's (laughs) that question. I do too. But then there's that question of how quickly should you move past it? What do you mean? Well, I'm like, so I'm currently dating Mm -hmm. or I'm currently in a relationship and I remember very early on, um, I was at his house and I had my period and it's not all ladies issues with me. It's just often. mm Mm-hmm. Often female issues. Um, and I had my period and I remember just telling him and then feeling like it's too soon for me to be this kind of open and unromantic this human, though. Yeah. Yeah. This human. Yeah. yeah. He didn't seem to mind though, but I do feel, mm-hmm. but I always feel like there should be at least a few, I don't know, weeks or so where you only see me with makeup on. Right. I do too. And then, but then I like moving past that to just like sweatpantsville, not sweatpantsville.
0: It's weird. I never really go to sweatpantsville. Even mm. in long, long relationships. I probably should, but I kind of... That's because you're
1: skinny and you don't have the muffin top issue happening because of I... your Nuva ring. Oh, <laughs> the muffin top issue. That's... Wait, so that's why I don't wear sweatpants? Is it or... Well, that's, that's my theory. Yeah. See, my theory is because you're, you're not like um, spilling out over the top of your jeans and feeling like you need to conceal and be comfortable. Oh, Maybe you're not, I don't mean to paint I, with that no, I don't if it's know. No, no, I don't know. I
0: don't know. I guess I've never really
1: thought about it. Well, like when but, you just let down and you are who you are and you're comfortable, what does that look like?
0: Well, I just mean like, I like getting past like the being naked in front of someone. Like I don't, I hate thinking about that yeah. until like, oh, like that's like my nightmare. That that's like the thing that I'm like, I don't, that's, that makes me so nervous about dating. Like the first time you have to do that. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh
1: God, you know, <sighs> Okay, are you a lights-on or a lights-off kind of person? Off. For a while. For sex, I mean.
0: Yeah, for a a (laughs) while. It's got to be off for a while. And then I'm like, okay. Right. Now I like you and I think you like me, so it's good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) See, I've always been a lights-off kind of person. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in this relationship, I'm finding that that sort of late at night, inky darkness, lights are off. It just makes me feel really disconnected and far away. And so oh, really? I actually almost want the lights to be on. It's the first time I've ever felt that way. Oh, that's so, that's yeah. good. It's weird though. Cause in the past I always felt like that was more sort of erotic when you can't really.
0: Yeah. You know, that's how I feel. I yeah. like the lights off. It feels more like sexy to me. Right. It's yeah. more fun. I think, but I think guys like the lights on
1: a little bit. Yeah, because they're visual. Yeah, they want to see. Then,
0: but like, then, what are we
1: looking at? Like, what do we need to see? Right. But see, knowing that they're visual and they like to see, then that makes me be like, oh, we should turn the lights off. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't feel good about what I have going on. Right. Um, okay. Well, I definitely do want to come back to relationships. Okay. But let's talk about you and your career and your podcast. Because okay. I don't, now that I think about it, I don't think I gave you an adequate introduction. Oh. So you're an actor. Yes. Or do you say actor or actress? Either one. Because I worked at Time Out in New York Mm -hmm. where they had um, a a pretty thick style guide and people that don't know style guide is like what um, different publications have, which like... You know, magazines have to de- have to decide like, are we going to spell gray, G R E Y, or G R A Y, and right. what's our rule with the serial comma, and um, do we say actress or do we say actor for both right. genders, Comedienne or comedian or yeah, yeah. Um, so a theater with an R E or with an E E-R. R. Right. Yeah. How pretentious are we? Mm-hmm. Um, so they always said actor for both genders and then I started saying it even though the first time I ever heard it it sounded really weird it is kind of weird so you're a thespian yeah I like either I like both okay and you're in Garfunkel and Oates Mm -hmm. which is a hilarious how do you describe Musical Uh, comedy
0: folk duo yeah it's a music yeah it's a
1: comedy music band with
0: uh, my partner Kate Micucci
1: okay Mm -hmm. okay and so you're in movies and television and commercials and the stage and you do stand up yep I just, I don't think I knew that you did stand up, but if you did Benson,
0: well, not not stand up, I just just Garfunkel and Oates. Okay, which I don't really call stand up. I guess I guess I call it that just because the, for the lack of another category, right? Like right. I yeah, I don't think of myself as a stand up in in the way that real stand ups are. Like mm-hmm. I, I know I'm not at that level, but. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. So. Right.
1: Because you don't want to say that you're a band. Yeah. Because we're not really
0: a band. If someone came to just hear music, like they'd be like, what is this? Like, yeah. they're just hearing us, you know, rap about penises and stuff. So <laughs> it's not. And pregnant ladies. Yeah, exactly. Not exactly smoked. a band. But um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I meant right. when we said, when I said stand up
1: and interruption, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. So did you perform with Kate? Yeah. And then Doug interrupted you guys while you were playing. So for people that don't know, Benson Interruption is comedian Doug Benson coming up next week on this podcast. (gasps) Yay! Um, Comedian Doug Benson does this show where he invites different performers, stand-ups, and uh, musical acts, evidently, to perform on the stage. And then he kind of just i wouldn't say heckles them but he kind of interrupts and asks questions and it's really funny
0: it's really funny sometimes he interrupts us during songs but usually he doesn't he'll let us finish the song and then um you know and then then he'll just start talking to us because it's hard to interrupt during a song sometimes we wouldn't even hear him right you know but um yeah doug actually introduced kate and i Oh, Mm -hmm. how he invited both of us to his show to the interruption Mm -hmm. and she and I were in the waiting room at UCB and that's how we met. That's cool. And Mm -hmm. and had
1: you wanted to be in a funny musical act? No,
0: no. I'd been writing funny songs on my own for like eight or nine years at this point, but never like it didn't actually occur to me that I could do anything with that. I just Mm -hmm. did it for myself. And then I met Kate and she did the same thing. And so it kind of went from there.
1: Did you ever actually perform them solo for people though? And I'm going to tell you specifically what I'm thinking of mm. Millionaire Matchmaker and this current season of The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. I've seen women. Well, on Millionaire Matchmaker, there was this uh, girl who would freestyle oh. and she would do this on dates oh. and it made you cringe. Yeesh. And then on this current season of The Bachelor, Emily also raps occasionally. Oh, God. But it's not. But she's so likable that it's OK. Mm-hmm um and she's getting a phd in epidemiology so her raps generally involve some kind of discussion of germs oh god it's weird though yeah so i'm just thinking how did this go like for you were you ever like i've never rapped on a date
0: i i'm not that i'm not that likable that i can get away with rapping on (laughs) dates um but yeah i don't know i would played in college i would play songs at coffee shops sometimes and then i would play like three serious songs and two funny songs and the funny songs were always way more fun Mm -hmm. and then i would play them like at parties or something if my friends were all like drunk or something and i'm like listen to this song i wrote about this stalker guy or something you know? <laughs> and then um but then kate i saw her actually performing her songs and i was like oh wait you can do that that's kind of neat you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah and you play guitar yes and does, she doesn't play anything, she plays right? ukulele oh ukulele. Yeah. yeah i feel bad now why because i said that she doesn't play anything but she rocks
0: the force yeah and she plays piano and guitar she's very musical wow yeah where
1: did you go to college? I went to Syracuse. Okay. And you, so you performed at a coffee house there. Do you feel like people still perform at coffee houses or was that just a thing back I then? I think
0: they do, but I think it's sort of, it's time has passed. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of, you know, I'm sure somebody performs at some coffee house somewhere, maybe in Portland. Right. That feels like the, the kind of place. We just got back from Portland on Sunday and I bet they have coffee shop performers there.
1: What were you guys doing up there?
0: Playing, just touring with Garfunkel and you know, Oates. I've been on tour, like I'm only in town now, like two or three days a week at this point. Do you like touring this much? Yes. That's the, that's the benefit of having, of not dating is Mm -hmm. just like, I'm, I've just been constantly out of town and I don't mind. It's just, it's just fun. It's this adventure and I don't feel guilty about not being here.
1: And do you guys stay in hotels Mm -hmm. or is this a van tour?
0: Oh God, no, we're not brave enough for a van tour. No, we stay (laughs) in hotels and like comedy clubs just fly us up there and Mm -hmm. we stay and it's fun. It's, there's like nothing more fun than that.
1: What kind of people come to the shows?
0: It's so strange. The biggest cross-section of people you can imagine, like ages, like there's people like in their seventies, there's like the craziest cross-section of people. We're just, we'd have no idea who our fan base is or how they heard of us. We're just happy that, that they're there. That's so cool. But we don't know who they are.
1: And you host making it mm-hmm. with Ricky Lantone yes. on Nerdist yes. N- Industries, mm-hmm. the Nerdist Network mm-hmm. on the Nerdist Network yes. and Nerdist Industries. Um, how did that come about? That was, um,
0: oh, that was another post breakup thing. I've been, I've been living in just a reactionary mode for the last year. Um, <laughs> but it's served me career wise. Cause I've gotten to do, I've gotten to make a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. And I just like have thrown myself into making stuff and
1: See, I include, including like, my podcast. Like guys will say that being in a relationship and having love really helps their career. Mm-hmm. But I honestly feel like, I don't know. I kind of, well, I'm going to say that for women, it's not that way, but I don't, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's just, that's been my experience. Yeah. But if anything, I feel like uh, more often than not, a relationship slows down yes. your progress. I think so. And your I, ambition. I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Since, since then I've just been just making stuff constantly and just been on the road and you know, I've been taking advantage of the fact that I have no one to be accountable to mm-hmm. and no schedule. I'm like, you know what? There's an upside to this and I'm going to go with it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I started that right after that. And I don't know. I just like, I'm, I always talk to people about career stuff and I'm always just curious how they did it and what their path was. And, and uh, yeah, I was like, you know, what? I bet other people would like to hear this too.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really like it. Thank you. Um, and did it start out on Nerdist or No, it
0: started out with um uh what's Scott Ackerman's Earwolf. Earwolf, yeah. Earwolf, So I did the pilot over at Earwolf with Kate and um it just like wasn't really a great fit for Earwolf. It was just like, yeah, Scott and I were talking about it and he was like, I think you should maybe do this and I was like, Well maybe I should do that and we just kind of talked and then we're like, Oh, maybe it's just not the right fit for the network and so it was totally amicable and i was like can i keep the pilot he's like absolutely and so um i took that and then i was gonna put it out on my own and then chris hardwick heard it and was like why don't you put it on nerdist i said okay yeah
1: that's really cool Mm -hmm. um have there been any guests where it's hard to draw them out
0: um not so far not really i mean i think uh performers it's super easy Mm because they'll just talk and talk uh maybe writer director types you have to probe a little more or casting directors and stuff like that but right. um not really i think once we get rolling people just talk and i have
1: i always have a million questions so mm-hmm. and as a female podcast host yes because i am one as well yes you are have you noticed there aren't that many of us yeah there really aren't who is the julia Klossner? there's uh, aisha Lane. tyler
0: um yeah i've i've been on mostly guys podcast pop my culture has that girl. Um, yeah, but mostly guys, huh? Mm. I wonder and why. Then,
1: Adam's wife mm. and Stephanie Wilder-Taylor, which is on the, on, uh, the Ace Network, they mm. have a show. But other than that, I'm trying to... I mean, I feel like we're probably, there's probably a bunch more that we're not thinking of. Yeah. But there really aren't that many. There's
0: not. It's so funny because people are always like, there's no other female comedy duos. And I'm like, I know that there are. I just don't know them. Like, mm. I'm sure there's a million female podcasters. I just am not sure who they are.
1: Yeah. 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 Like when I was, I'm going to drop that same name that I dropped earlier. Mark Maron. Um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the one. When, when we were talking to Mark Maron, he was saying that it seems like, you know, people like either they're into Joe Rogan or they're into Jay Moore, or they're into Adam Carolla. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or I, or I guess Mark Maron, they're mm-hmm. like, there, it's just like, you have your guy. And I was yeah. thinking, or Allison Rosen, right. <laughs> or Allison Rosen. <laughs> I didn't say that, yeah, but you know, but I know what he means
0: yeah i think yeah i guess the big guns are all got is yeah and chris hardwick and yeah, yeah um that's weird that'll change that'll even out they've been doing it longer true you know what i mean how much content has adam carolla put out just like
1: a he's yeah he's just, yeah, he's just built content. it and
0: built it and i can't think of any girl who's put out as much as he has right so um i think it'll happen people just have to build it up yeah that's right it's a cumulative effect Guys were just smarter and got in there first. Mm.
1: Okay. You know, it's true. Um, So before you, in front of you... Yes. There's a sombrero. Yes, there is. This is what we call the topic sombrero. Okay. And inside are bits of paper with things written on them Okay. because and i should i'm realizing i should have explained this to you ahead of time instead of explaining it to you on the show because the weekly listeners really are familiar with what it is now okay because i always explain it to the guests on the show (laughs) um but anyway as this podcast was starting i tweeted if you were going to listen to a podcast about dating uh what are some of the things you'd want to hear discussed and people tweeted me a bunch of things they would want people to talk about and these things I speak of, are in the hat. Do, so, do you want me to pick one? Please do. Okay. Let's see.
0: Um,
1: testing your partner, seeing if you can trust them.
0: Okay. Mm. So that is
1: a topic. Yeah. Um, and what I will say is I think that it's very unfair to test someone. Mm-hmm. I want to make a, a distinction between actually sort of testing someone and just having an open mind uh, at the beginning of the relationship and assessing how it's going and seeing if you're compatible or not, sort of looking at it like, well, this is like a test period. That makes sense Mm -hmm. because you don't want to commit or or set yourself – like you don't want to decide this is the person for me before you're ready to decide that. But to actually test them and to sort of look at things like, you know, where – like this is a situation where they can win or they can fail, I feel like is really – not a compassionate thing to do.
0: No, I, I don't think I've ever tested anyone because I feel like if you don't trust them, you're probably right. You should probably move on. Like if you don't, I don't know if, if like I have friends who like check their boyfriend's emails and stuff like that. And I was really? like, I'm like, it's already over. It's already yeah. over because you already fundamentally don't trust who they are. And if you need to test someone, it's the same thing. You don't, you don't trust, you don't trust it. So something inside you is going, this is not
1: mm-hmm. my guy.
0: And if you keep, you know, playing tricks on someone and testing them, they're going to fail eventually. So you'll, yes. you'll prove yourself right. Yeah. So I think you have, you have two choices. You can either just like take a leap of faith and trust them or get out.
1: Your friends who do this, do they usually ultimately find something?
0: Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, sometimes it takes them a while, but the, you know the- and
1: are your friends um distrustful in general, would you say, or because I, I don't feel like know. there's two there's two scenarios: mm-hmm. one is where you um don't trust the person, and that's because something in your gut is telling you they're not trustworthy, mm-hmm. but the other one is where you just maybe you just don't trust men or you're like you you're coming into it thinking it's just a matter of time and then you do find that thing that you're looking for, but maybe it maybe that it wasn't that it's a bad guy. It's that you're just very paranoid. yeah
0: Yeah. I'm not sure which one it is with, I have, I only have a couple friends that do it. And, um, I think it's, it, I, I'm not sure which one it is, but I feel like it tends to happen with most of their boyfriends, but I don't know if that's like self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Cause if you check every single thing, anyone writes at any time, like you can find something you don't like, mm-hmm. you can find some, you know, even if it's not cheating or something, you can find something you find objectionable. Yeah. And then they know that you read it and it's over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm trying to think if there could ever be a situation where I would read my boyfriend's anything. And I feel that- like I would be more forgiving
0: of someone who cheated on me than someone who checked my email. I don't think I could ever get over someone checking me. Yeah. Ever. ever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could get over someone cheating on me, but it's, it's more possible than the email. thing. Why? Because it just shows that like it, it cheating could happen once, but the checking the email thing, it just shows that they fundamentally don't trust who right, you are. Right. And, and they probably did it the whole time. There's no way they, they just checked the one time and you know, that's See, a perpetual thing.
1: I feel like checking the email is sort of akin to the person saying you're that situation where mm-hmm. someone's accusing you of lying mm-hmm. when you're not lying, mm-hmm. which that's like one of oh, just thinking about it. Whatever is that, that feeling is. is feel so stressed out. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it because there's nothing you can say to make them no. believe you. And it's just like, there's oh you, like, there's no love in the way you're treating me. Can I do to a total non sequitur? Please. We, we were just in San
0: Francisco, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And, um, the bouncers wouldn't let Kate and I into the place we were performing because they didn't believe us. We were performing. <laughs> and it was that same feeling where we're at this impasse. And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, Yes, I am. And there's nothing we can do. They were like, end of the line, ladies. And we're like, no. They thought you were getting in to see you. Yeah, well, because they didn't know who we were and they just took one look at us and went, they're not comedians. And it was just the two of us and Reggie Watts. We're the only people performing. It wasn't even like a whole panel, like a whole list of comedians. They wouldn't let us in and they yelled at me and we got to this impasse. We're like, what are you on the list? And I'm like, no, because I'm performing. Right. And they're like, let me see your ID. I'm like, well, it doesn't say Garfunkel. There's nothing (laughs) I can do. And Kate's like, maybe we should stand in line. I'm like, we don't have tickets. Like we can't, we're at an impasse. And the bouncer's like... And, and people in line were going, we're here to see them. And he's like, yeah, right.
1: And I, oh,
0: and I, and I was like, it's an elaborate
1: prank. And yeah. you've roped the people in line in as well.
0: I, I was just like, you see that we're at an impasse, right? There's nothing I can do to prove to you. I'm a comedian. You just have to trust me. Like there's no, I can't say anything. Right. I have a, I'm, I'm wearing a little flower dress and I have an instrument and a partner and that, you know, you could double check with someone, but yeah. The guy was not smart enough to do that. So eventually someone from the festival came out. It was, they were like, Hey guys. And then, you know, how
1: long did this whole thing go on?
0: Um, it was probably five minutes. There was screaming involved and everyone who was there to see us saw it happen. So
1: <laughs> was, did the guy get in trouble? Yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. It was just weird. I was like, just ask your supervisor, just double check,
1: dude. And he yeah. was like, yeah, it's not like, like yeah, he has- right i'm like that is so crazy Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like he's the final word he works for people i know and he was this big dumb dude
0: and there was like a bunch of dudes but the the main guy was just like he and he literally said you know do i look stupid to you and i just went "Mm." (laughs) which which like was not the right move yeah
1: Yeah.
0: and i just tried to walk in when he told me i couldn't which was i guess also not the right move but i didn't really have much he left you very
1: few options yeah yeah I,
0: you know except like to just go home and not perform right which then we've been in breach of contract but whatever yeah oh how annoying mm-hmm. yeah yeah I but it was that same feeling when someone's like, like, like you're lying you're like no i'm not he's right. like you're not performing i'm like i am
1: i don't right. know what to tell you, you right uh mm-hmm. i need to i need to move past this it seems you already have but i'm yeah. still stuck in that place where i'm angry for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy it was just funny
0: cause we got it. We had a good story to tell on stage.
1: Yeah. So do you get nice. nervous before you perform?
0: Not anymore. I feel like we should, we're doing a comedy central special in like two weeks and I'm you nervous about that. I know I'm really nervous about that. Cause that feels kind of permanent, mm-hmm. but like performing at, at clubs and stuff, we're just kind of used to it. You know, we do like five shows a week and it just, it feels
1: normal. Do you get nervous before auditions?
0: Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it depends on what it's for.
1: What if, are you auditioning for today, or do you not want to say?
0: Oh, I can't say. You I can't had to sign. Say. No, I had to sign a uh, NDA. I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement before the huh. audition. Isn't that crazy? Why? Well, I can tell you what it is, but not in the air. Right. I don't know. It's. I don't know. There's a lot of these. Like a lot of movies now are very
1: secretive about stuff, and I'm not totally sure why. Is that uh, now? Maybe if you can't say, just tell me that you can't mm-hmm. say. Is this the second? Is it like a callback, or is it just the first time? i uh, no, meeting it's with the first them, time. Or, yeah, and you had to sign something ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to memorize stuff for it?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you don't have to, but I, I need to. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't
1: feel prepared. Yeah. I know. That's actually something that I, I was just talking about this recently that I realized early on, thankfully, for me, it's like very black and white about whether mm-hmm. something's memorized or not. Yeah. Cause I used to go into things with something partially memorized, which means when I'm nervous that it's not in my head at all, at all. And I'm looking at the paper yeah. and I'm terrible. <laughs> I don't understand people who can sort of semi have something memorized and then be looking at a sheet and it, where it works out for them. It's
0: so lucky. It's like different kind of brain, I guess different level of calmness that I don't have. Mm-hmm. I need to feel really prepared or else yeah. I just don't feel like I do a good job. Yeah. But I have gotten some jobs where I wasn't very prepared and that makes me go, well, well, maybe I should have done,
1: maybe I should just do that. But now, what do you feel like, see, now I'm turning this into, um, making it with Ricky Lentholm but with Allison <laughs> interviewing Ricky Lentholm. Yes. <laughs> but okay. What do you feel like is the relationship between how you feel you did at an audition mm-hmm. and whether you get the job or not?
0: For me, I think I'm actually pretty realistic. I, I tend to call things pretty well, mm-hmm. shockingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I know immediately when I'm not getting it, but, uh, and I know I'm when I'm in the running usually, but actually getting it, who knows, like that, who knows right. how anyone gets a job. But yeah, my ratio is pretty good. Uh, I know some people it's completely backwards. They're like, I t- you know, I remember uh, Kate's like, I tanked this audition. She was so upset. And then we're walking and she gets the call. She got it. So maybe her meter is less accurate. But what about the
1: people that you interview on in your show? Do they talk about that? Um,
0: I can't. I don't know. Not that I can think of. Not that I, people talk about auditioning, but I can't really think of, um, I don't know if
1: I've asked them if
0: their perception is accurate. Right. About it. I should actually. That's a good question.
1: So uh, you are from Buffalo. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I was going to, I was about to say it. it was right on the tip of my tongue. Oh. Actually, I was going to say Syracuse, but that's where you went to college. But so you're from upstate New York. Yes. And when did you move out to LA? Um, 2001. And what brought you out here?
0: I wanted to be an actress. So yeah, I'll just there say it. There wasn't a I art know everyone's scene always like, Buffalo. "Oh yeah, I was just like gonna do whatever," and then I <laughs> fell into it, and it was oops. You know, I was like oh, such liars. I moved out here to try to be an actress, and um, yeah, and I just started auditioning and doing that stuff for years mm-hmm. before I started making my own stuff, which is so much more fun.
1: Had you been acting in Buffalo? No, 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 no. no. And what There's- we. So what were you doing out there? Just, just uh, growing up?
0: Yeah, just growing up. And we we didn't have... Our drama department got lost funding after my freshman year. So I was doing like a little bit of community theater and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I just kind of always wanted to do it. Mm. I just like from the time I was really little, you know, kind of typical story. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go for it. I'm not really good at anything else. So f- screw it, you know. And did everyone believe in you and your family? No. Some people did. Uh... I think I think they were just kind of scared. They were just like it was it was funny because my parents are very supportive now, but they would do things like they would come up with ideas to help. And I know they thought they were being helpful, but my <laughs> mom would call and that she still do that. Yeah, my mom sent me literature for UCLA grad school and she's like, "Ricky, look, you can go to grad school on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays and you can act on Tuesdays and Thursdays." <laughs> and I'm like, "Go to grad school for what?" And she's like, "Um, English. I'm like, I, I never read ever. I listen to books on tape at best. I never read. I'm like, I'm not, I should not have a master's degree in English. That's, mm-hmm. that's ludicrous. Um, and my dad had the idea that I could live at home in only in New York and just fly out for auditions since I don't have that many on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, they got the, I think they, they figured it out eventually and got on board.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think parents realize sometimes that how, their kids are interpreting their suggestions. Yeah. Because my parents, a lot of times, will have, like, all these ideas of things I could or should be doing. Right. Like, my dad's latest one was, you really should look into the college circuit. I'm like, for what, though? For what? I Speaking. Oh. You know, just for speaking oh. mm-hmm. or whatever. Because, you know, they have... Uh, I'm not going to go into everything. Yeah. But it's like... Although I have to say, I saw Adam Corolla at Syracuse. The Loveline. Well, yeah. They did the Loveline college circuit. No, it's true. If you're Adam Corolla, there's sure. a lot of colleges that want to bring you out. But if yeah. you're me... It's going to be a few more weeks till everyone right, wants right. to bring me out. A little more Let's give it some time. Yeah. Let's give it some breathing room, people. Give it at least a month. Yeah. yeah. So, um, But the thing is that whenever my parents start like g- heating up with all their ideas, what yeah. I hear is they think that I'm not doing enough or they think that I need help or they don't trust that I'm actually on top of things. Right. That's, so. that's what I
0: heard in the beginning. And now I, when they give me suggestions, I don't hear it as that. I hear it as them. Trying to be involved and trying to – because in the beginning, I do think it was – they were worried. And now I think they're excited and they just want to, like, help, Mm -hmm. you know, but they don't –
1: yeah, they're – I think that is what it is, actually. Probably. I wish I had your your maturity to view it that way because I do think that is what it is. But
0: in the beginning, I was so, like – I'm like, I'm not accepting – comments like that at this at this time (laughs) did you actually put it that way oh yeah yeah my parents like what you're not accept. I was like yeah that is off the table anything about my career is off the table you are not allowed to speak about it at all and they're like oh I'm like unless you say go Ricky positive stuff I'm not I'm not strong enough right Mm -hmm. now I don't believe in myself enough where I can take any criticism or suggestions about other careers I could
1: be having and I just like took it off the table. That's really smart. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, 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 ever do things like that. Like I never put boundaries on what people can talk to me about. Really? Therefore, I walk around upset that people said things to me a lot. I
0: like, I doing, really should I, do I, that. Like, I like giving boundaries. Like it, it, I think it just, cause people get kind of, you know, annoyed about it at first, but then they just get used to it. Mm-hmm. Like for my 30th birthday, my gift to myself, I emailed all my friends and said, I, I'm no longer taking anyone to the airport.
1: Oh, that's good. Ever again. I'm 30 now. At what age did you stop helping people move?
0: Uh, I'm pretty weak. Still... Oh. I don't think I've ever helped anyone move. i <sighs> am no, pretty asked you. Okay. Yeah, okay. but yeah, I don't think anyone's ever asked me. But I would take a lot of people to the airport. But then I realized, like, Kate and I were constantly going to the airport, and I never asked anyone. And I was yeah. like, this is, this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. And, I got, and I started getting really busy, and it would take, you know, they'd be like, my flight's at 4.30 in Long Beach, you know. Ugh. And then I was just like, okay, my gift to myself, never, ever again. And I just told everybody at once. And I was like, if you can't afford it, I'll pay for your cab, but I will not take you. It's not, I don't have the hours anymore. And everyone was like, oh, again.
1: But then they were like, then no one ever asked me again. So it was great. Did it make you nervous at all to think that they might be grumbling though? Uh, or judging or that it might not go well. These
0: were my close friends, the people Mm. that I would drive to the airport. So if they, you know, if they couldn't get past that, then they weren't my friends in the first place.
1: Right you
0: know, if it was some emergency, like I would be there, you know, yeah. I'm a good friend and you know, overall, but like, yeah, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. No one's taking me to the airport and I go mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Did so, you ever ask them though? Sometimes, but then it was, then I felt bad because I was going too often. Right. So I was just paying for, I'm like, well, if I can pay for cabs if I can drive myself. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, we all can. Yeah. Wow. What are, are there other boundaries that you can think of that you've set? Hmm. I totally admire that. I don't know. See, the reason I don't is, be- well, two things, neither of which are very flattering uh, to me when I think about it. One is that I'm always afraid of cutting myself off from a certain kind of information. This sounds crazy. This is like, I'm afraid to wear my tinfoil hat because then they can't read my brainwaves and what if they need to see them? Right. Um, and I hope it was clear that I, that was all in jest and that I'm not actually someone who wears that kind of hat. I think that's clear. Okay. Yeah. You never, you <laughs> can never be too sure. Right. Um, this is like getting meta paranoid mm-hmm. anyway. Um, yeah, I'm always afraid of cutting myself off from a certain kind of information because what if, um, what if the person actually has something legitimate to say, or, you know, it's like that whole thing of, that's um, well, you can't take, yeah, Well, no, but I don't think it is though. But it's like that whole way of thinking of like, you can't take the good comments to heart because if you're going to give right. those um, credence, then, then you have to gonna... take the bad comments yeah, to heart. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's true. I mean, I think with me, with my, when I was starting out in show business and my, my parents and my friends from home, I think that was an extreme circumstance because I, I was very unsure of myself. I had, you know, 2% confidence mm-hmm. and I just, I just couldn't take it. I just, I knew I didn't have it in me and I knew I would take their comments in. And so yeah. I just, at that point it was just like, it was do or die. It wasn't like a, you know, that, oh, I can probably, no, I, I knew I couldn't take it. I'm very sensitive. No, I am too. And I just, it was, you know, so whatever information they had, I was willing to part with yeah. for not losing all of my confidence.
1: See, I go back and forth a lot on whether to be reading message boards and things where people might be writing negative <sighs> comments. And at this point, to. I do look at it. I've Yeah, I've made the rule with myself so many times that I'm not going to look at it because I sit there and I'm like, it's sort of like that moment where you realize this relationship that I am in is... Bringing it is every time I see this person, I feel worse than before, and I just want to see them again. It's like there's a compulsion to it, and the sum total is that it is hurting my life. Yeah, that's like with the message boards. I'm like, I feel compelled to keep. Mm -hmm. This hasn't happened in a while, actually, but for a long time, I felt compelled to keep refreshing and keep seeing what they're saying. But it was like leaving me feeling worse, and it's the kind of thing where if I don't look at it, it doesn't exist for me. Yeah. But I always felt like, but what if there's like, what if I, I like, off, oftentimes I feel like, you know, doing the podcast is kind of in a vacuum without their feedback. And yes. how will I know what I'm doing if I don't read what these four hateful people are saying? Right.
0: Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, when I put up a video, usually. I, I read at the very beginning just to sort of get a gist and yeah. see if people like it. But for the most part, I don't read comments. Although I have to say, we did this internet show called Equals 3 recently. Mm. Do you know that one? I don't. It's really popular. I've never heard Equals of it. It gets three. millions of hits every week. Um, mm. This guy, Ray William Johnson, it's really popular. Like It's it's kind of like Tosh.0. Uh, uh. Kate and I guest-hosted. It's like a four-minute clip show. And the audience, whoever they are for this show, did not like us. But to the point where Kate and I were reading the comments... Laughing out loud, they were so hilariously bad. Like w- the last time I looked at it, which was a, a while ago, we ha- we had a hundred and forty thousand dislikes, <laughs> <laughs> so it was so ridiculous. And but the the commenters like weren't the smartest. Like my yeah. favorite comment that we wrote down was these bitches is retards <laughs> um it was they were like that where we're like this is amazing and um we just we re- read the funniest ones at shows and um a lot of people wanted to murder us which i'm like okay for, for ruining their clip show um and it comes out twice a week and uh a lot of people called us like sandwich makers and did like go back in the kitchen kind of stuff where i was like wow that's the best they can do yeah i feel like See, i was gonna
1: comment really, i feel like that doesn't that wouldn't really hurt my feelings no, not at all it's, it's so clear where they're coming right that they're like like
0: that's the best you got right. like you're a sandwich i don't i'd never even heard the term sandwich maker before but i kind of love Is that it like a big insult out there i think it days. must be although i i think i'm pretty good at making sandwiches hmm. i'm not good at making much else i don't really cook but i think i i think i'm a decent sandwich maker so i take that cut as a compliment them diagonally or um like okay. Oh well, I don't really use that kind of bread. Oh. I'll use like a um like a fresh like uh, baguette. And oh, then too fancy. And then put no, I'm a good sandwich maker. <laughs> I told you. And then put like um some like super yummy olive oil and vinaigrette on it. And then I cut up Havarti cheese and then get like that honey smoked turkey. And like mm-hmm. I, I do I do make
1: good sandwiches. So they so they were right about that. Do you put a toothpick in it or anything no. fancy? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you have a name for this sandwich? Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> but is that what yeah. you only call the turkey one? Or do you call all of them Turkey? Uh, or is that the only one you make? That's kind of the only one I make. <laughs> so I, I should say I make good sandwich. Does it bother you that other people use this name as well?
0: Turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about suing Subway. Cause I'm like, you're not a sandwich artist. Right. I'm a sandwich artist. Do you do any other cooking? Uh, not really. I make So oatmeal. They nailed it. They nailed the it. Yeah. They, I was like, how did they know? Um, I'm, I don't have time to cook. Or I don't know. Sorry. I don't have time to be interested in cooking. Yeah. Or I don't have the energy. Like the my creative energy is yes. 100% spent yes. every single day. So I'm like, I don't want to learn how to make risotto. Right. Just, and especially because I'm single. So it's just for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to go buy 15 ingredients or am I going to
1: have someone deliver the risotto? And it's always the latter. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't really feel like anything's missing in my life because of my lack of cooking. No. And it's not... That I don't know how exactly, because if I were to sit there with a cookbook, you know, like I, there's in times of my life that I've made things. Mm-hmm. I'm not that, you know, ill-equipped to, in the kitchen, but I just, it's not something I ever really want to spend time doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know that my boyfriend does wonder, like, how is it that he has more of the typically sandwich maker skills mm-hmm. than I do, let's say. Everyone like, I date wonders sew- that. Yeah. Okay. Like, where are you with sewing buttons? I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't sew
1: buttons. Have you ever? No. Oh, never ever,
0: never ever. Oh, there's they do that at the dry cleaner. If you go to the dry cleaners, they'll sew it on for you. It's like and it's like fifty cents. Yeah, there's
1: no threading of needles and and like weird knots where you wonder is this the kind of knot where if I pull it's going to come out eventually? I mean, immediately or? Yeah,
0: it's it's weird. People used to warned me they're like well how are you ever going to be like a wife and mom because you don't have any of those skills just live near you- a dry cleaner yeah that's what i was thinking i'm like get live where there's takeout mm-hmm. live near a dry cleaner i think that's about it get a gps i don't yeah. have those skills like yeah yeah i think i think you just like get help
1: yeah we were mm-hmm. talking about this before um the show started i know you and i uh when we were on the when you were on the Adam Kroll show and I was there, we were talking about how we both don't know left and right, right. and have a bad sense of direction. Mm-hmm. And my life has changed so much now that I have GPS. Yeah. Because me Because before I would have to sit there and oftentimes I'd have to ask my mom to help me yeah. with directions. Um, even when I didn't live at home anymore, mm-hmm. I would <laughs> call her and then she, cause she's good at directions and she was, you know, knew her way around a Thomas brothers guide mm-hmm. map, but yeah, I used to have to set aside a lot of time ahead of time to sit there with the map. And True. then I'd write it in big letters on a white piece of paper. And then I would have to leave really early, no allowing time to get lost.
0: Same with me. And then I would have the Thomas Guide in my trunk mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah. And my brother's really good with directions. Even though he doesn't live here, he knows the freeway system here for some reason. Because he has one of those brains where he can see it and know it. I don't, so, I d- I don't, I
1: don't understand those brains. I don't yeah, have one. My
0: brother's really smart In in all the ways that I'm not like, it's so, it's so interesting. Like he like can like look at a math problem and he'll just be like seven and you know, they'll like, show your work. And he's like, but it's seven. Like there's, <laughs> you know, his, yeah. So he kind of knows the freeway system. So I would rely on that. But what does he do? Uh, he works for Is my he dad. Cartographer? He, no, he, he's like, he does like, um, title work for my dad, like in the, in the oil industry so your dad's an
1: oil magnate uh no an oil baron yeah an oil a, other word he's an oil baron uh, no he's an oil and gas lawyer. daughter of an oil baron no i wish i talked over what he actually does what he's an oil do? and
0: gas lawyer oh okay yeah so close enough
1: oil and gas lawyer so does he represent um oil and gas companies or yeah like is it interesting work i don't know I, I, he likes it. <laughs> I was going to say sounds like, or doesn't sound like, and then I realized, no, I'm genuinely going to ask cause I have no idea. Yeah,
0: I don't know. He, he talks to me about it and it's like, I listened, but I don't, I, I, I still don't quite understand what the day to day is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you know there's an oil pipeline or an oil derrick or something? And I didn't even know what an oil derrick was, uh, at Beverly Hills high school there's oh, there some is? oil happening at beverly hills high school really yes aaron oh, brockovich weird. came on the show and was talking about it and was was throwing around the term oil derrick oil and everyone derrick. was nodding yeah and i was thinking that's oh, like, this like when you like go to a
0: restaurant and someone's like do you like oaky wines and you're like mm-hmm. yeah. yep yes i do or like you know <laughs> what do you think about this oil derrick oh yeah that sounds bad that's the oh,
1: oil derricks. yikes yeah right yeah. Right. Well it's the, nice
0: that she assumes people know.
1: I love the bouquet on that woodsy casket oil Derek. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> casket. They don't say ca- No they do. Do they say casket? That's a see that's a I, funeral word to me. I don't know if they do. I wouldn't be surprised. Casket aged oils Derek. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like something they would that say. That sounds real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on this show yeah. we have a couple segments. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we uh, only doing one of these? Oh, we could do another one. Oh, we, we don't have to. Well, let's do another one. But after, after we do. After the segment. Yeah. So okay. I'll tell you what they are. Okay. And then you tell me if you have anything to share. One is just me or everyone where we uh, share things that we do that make us think, is it just me or does everyone do this? Oh. And I have a couple. So if, one, if anything comes to mind, mm-hmm. then um, you can chime in. Okay. And the other is deleted tweets. But I actually don't have any good ones for that this week. Oh. But it's things that you thought of tweeting but decided not to tweet because for, you know, for whatever reason. Right. And mine are usually because they're either not funny enough or they're mean or they're too much about farts. Right. <laughs> and I don't say because they're about farts because I will tweet a fart tweet yeah i just mean they're like too fart centric right right so. right anyway we have it just mirror everyone's song sometimes i ponder on something i have thought or done is it just me or everyone okay <laughs> uh so i hope i didn't do this one last week gary throw yourself against something if i did the, so the only pictures i have in frames are like 10 years old because all my photos now are digital yeah. and i never print them out they're just on my computer or my phone and so the only things that i have in frames are from you know back before digital cameras so oh. i'm surrounded by pictures of when i was in a band and pictures of when i was in high school basically just things
0: that aren't relevant
1: anymore yeah yeah of course, high school was was longer than ten years ago, but I just mean yeah, like I, I don't know. No, Do you it wasn't. Pre- forget <laughs> it.
0: We're both we're both in our twenties, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Just Tangent, kidding. but I had to tell you, I had a general meeting with um with a a, a network recently, mm-hmm. and I was talking to the woman, and and I mentioned that I like a lot of eighties TV, and she, she's like, we know we're talking about it, and then she's like. But wait, I mean, how did you see it? Like, you certainly didn't watch it when it was first run. And then I was like, oh, man, she thinks I'm a lot younger than I am. Right. So I told her I saw it on TV land.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nick at night. Right. right. Yeah. Are
1: you honest about your age? Yeah. I mean, I am actually. Mine is on
0: IMDb and Wikipedia, so I figure I'm kind of stuck with mm-hmm. actually how old I am. But, you know, I'm fine with it. I. You, but it did hurt me at first because I... Um, when I was like 27 or 28, I was still playing college stuff. Mm. I would play like freshman in college. And then as soon as my age went on IMDb, those auditions did not come in Interesting. anymore. So, and, but, I, and I wasn't like, I, you know, I wasn't ready to play young mom. Cause I looked like I was 20. Right. So it was a weird couple of transition years after my age went up. So then maybe it would have been better not to put it
1: up. Is that what oh, totally. I didn't put it up. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. never do that to myself, but I don't know. See my, I kind of, uh, internally, like, protest against the idea that people shouldn't be open about their age because it just seems like lying to me. Yeah. And yet, I hear all these stories of how age actually does hurt, does hurt people when they put out how old they are. But I'm just honest about mine because I've, I've been for so many years. Yeah. Um, and, and so I feel like it'd be too hard caught. to go back. I mean, yeah. You'll just
0: get caught. Yeah. There's no way you won't.
1: Right. You know. Yeah. So there's no point. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. So we're both 27. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Okay. So do you print your photos out? Do I print my, I mean, I haven't in a million years. Or get
1: prints or whatever it is that people do who actually I, want hard copies of digital photos.
0: I don't do that. Some girl uh, e- emailed us the other day. She came to the show and her, she took a photo with us and it didn't take, like it was blurry. And so mm-hmm. she's like, Hey, can you send me an autographed photo? And I was like, I don't have any. Photos. I don't have anything printed out. Like yeah. Kate and I don't have like a joint headshot. Right. I was like I would, but don't have any. So not really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, here's another. Here's another type of question that's on your podcast. Hmm. Except this question actually wouldn't be on your podcast because it's too um mundane. So it's just a question on my podcast. Okay. <laughs> actual headshot and actual resume, mm-hmm. hard copies of them. Yeah. Do you have those? And do you take those into auditions? I think I have some headshots left somewhere.
0: I haven't brought them into auditions for years. Yeah. Um but it's so funny cuz I just interviewed a casting director on my podcast and she's like make sure you have your headshot and resume. It's so annoying when people don't. And I'm like, "Oh."
1: <laughs> really? I think yeah. it's so annoying when they ask for it when everything is supposed to just be digital in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, and mine are so old. Yeah. They're yeah. Yeah. I yeah, cuz recently I um I went on an audition and at the last minute, it's like, oh, by the way, don't forget to bring this. They, that was my agent said that because like they they called and they want to make sure everyone brings this. And my experience was always when you whenever you have it, they're like, oh no, well, you know it's all digital at this point.
0: Yeah, and it sucks that it's an eight by ten instead of an eight and a half by eleven because you yes. have to get a paper cutter yes. and you have to make your resume fit. And then you and, can cut off your finger. Right? Yeah, which I've done several times. No, just kidding. Um, but it's just you healed an- well. Yeah, it's just annoying. I used to go, I used to get a million, I got so many printed out when I first came here and you go to Kinko's and they'll mass cut them for you. Mm. They'll just stick them in this big machine and it makes them eight by 10.
1: So I, that reminds me of something I hate. What? Kinko's. Oh, I haven't been in a Kinko's in so long, but it used to be one of my least favorite places to be ever. A friend described Kinko's as like being inside the inside of a microwave. Really? That was redundant. Is it's it weird like that I like, like Kinko's? You, no. Tell me about that. Cause I've, I've always thought not everyone hates it so violently. Um, what do you like about it? Well, it helps me make projects.
0: Like I'm, I'm always like, it, I feel like my life is like one big arts, like school art project, and I'm always just like, oh, we need to make like a weird banner that's like, <laughs> that's you know, and, and they all always do it right then. So, you know, and these, you know, these people, the people who work there are cool, and like you just that's go like, and you're like, I want to, you're like, I want to make this weird thing, and um, because well, you don't have Kate with you. Oh, she's, is she like the Kinko's siren? She's my secret weapon mm. to, to getting people to be helpful. Hmm. She's like, hey, excuse me. I was just wondering. And they're like, oh, <laughs> I'll help you. Yeah. What if you went in alone? Um, it would probably still work eventually, but not as, not as quickly. And yeah, not as magically. But um, yeah, but no, we, we like, I, I use Kinko's all the time to make fun stuff.
1: Maybe the reason it's going so well for you at Kinko's is because so many people aren't using Kinko's anymore. Yeah. And so they're excited when people walk in.
0: Yeah. And I FedEx a lot of stuff. So FedEx Kinko's.
1: FedEx is also something that I hate having to deal with. Uh. I basically hate – and it's funny because I am a writer, but I hate dealing with paper. I remember – college applications being especially awful because you'd get Ugh. through like half of one and yeah. then you like you just have a room with paper everywhere that's true um and having to mail anything i don't enjoy well the
0: best thing about fedex is it's like itunes where you download stuff but you don't really know how much you're spending mm-hmm. and you just get a bill later we have a fedex account so we have a number so you just write your number down and then you just feel like you're not paying for it even though you do is this for merch do you send um, out merch that way yeah or? stuff like that yeah we um we have someone who sends it out for us the merch now which is very fancy we're excited
1: that is neat yeah now is this like a professional merch person or a fan no we have an assistant now you do as of that means you guys are important and you have a lot of stuff coming in and out of your inboxes
0: i mean the latter is very true i i don't know if we're important but we do have uh the workload became unmanageable Mm -hmm. it just became uh, unmanageable for both kate and i who were, were just like we can't do all this. Literally don't have enough
1: hours in the day. So you're important. Take it, take it in. <laughs> Let it be true for you. Okay. So what is it about Kate that makes it so that can employees and people in other areas of life want to help?
0: I'm not totally sure. I call it Kate face. Kate face.
1: Yeah. Which That's is interesting. just like, I have a niece named Claire and my brother and his wife call it the Claire glare.
0: Yeah. Like but it's, it's like a, she has a, you know, she's, she's little and she's sweet and you know, she's like, Gee, sir, do you think we could upgrade to a bigger room? That'd sure be neat. And Uh, he's like, all right. You know, so that it's worked for us really, really well. Does she know what she's doing? I mean, she must. But she but she can't, like... But again, it's like... Or is she ever like, just
1: you wait, I'll charm him.
0: No, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that calculated because she is teeny. She does yeah. have that face. And she does, like... And she is very sweet and friendly. So mm-hmm. all of that is true. But I think it gets turned up a notch. Right. When talking to someone in authority, being like, well
1: she goes extra
0: That'd be terrible and if elfin. we had to pay a fee to cancel that flight man and they're like all right you know, <laughs> it just it just works it, it blows my mind and, and we just know instantly like if we have to go ask for something or if we have to give someone bad news like oh we're gonna have to work with someone else kate's the one who does it it's just it's unspoken have like, you picked up any tips from being around her um yeah. But they don't work on me. Yeah. Like for, yeah, for me, I think I just have regular person luck. Like, you know, you're nice and you try your best and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, it, but definitely with Kate, it's, um, I don't know. Part of me feels like maybe people think, uh, I think sometimes people underestimate her mm-hmm. in it in, 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 like, but she uses it to her advantage. Like they think she's right it's so tiny and cute and like oh she needs help she needs help she doesn't need help she's doing great she's smart yeah. she's confident she doesn't need any help but like the help is much appreciated
1: yeah see i have a friend who's actually very smart mm-hmm. but he plays dumb although he would never say that's what it is mm-hmm. but the way he talks it's very like like slow and kind of um me and her as opposed to like she i mean i don't know right he's, he he didn't it's not like he's super duper educated and therefore he knows grammar. I don't know, but I suspect he knows that he's using incorrect grammar and being Mm. really colloquial. Does it work for him? Yes. See, everyone likes him. Everyone is charmed by him. Yeah. So who's the dumb one, you know, I am (laughs) (laughs) because I try to come across as competent and smart Mm -hmm. and all these things that don't really make anyone want to help you and don't really help you get. I think actually, if anything, That's it's true. sort of like, I'm saying like, uh, Oh, by the way, I am on your level, if not beyond it. And I don't right really like saying... how I was with the bouncers in San
0: Francisco. Yeah. where I'm like, hello, we're at an impasse. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have tickets. I can't get in line. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think probably Kate could have handled that situation better. Yeah. She got scared during that situation. Cause there were six large men yelling at me. So I think she sort of shut down a little bit, but I, I have a feeling she would have gotten us out of that jam faster than I did, mm-hmm. but yeah, like competent, straightforward women don't inspire, uh, you know,
1: people falling by right. themselves to help you. Right. I think. Do you watch the bachelor at all? No, you can feel good about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see I dating shows make me depressed.
0: I think I, I I've been like just ever since, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like since my breakup, but since even before that, I just like something about dating shows ever since I think I turned 30, mm-hmm. I was like, things kind of changed for me then. Something clicked and I was like, just, I didn't like any of that stuff anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I watch it, but I wouldn't say I like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like and the romance of it, quote unquote, makes me like, I'm like, no, that's yeah, not it's, a spectacle. I, it's not
1: what I want. I look at the,
0: and those guys like, Oh, if I was a contestant, I would never last longer than an episode. No. Cause I'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. Who is this person? Like,
1: like, yeah. I mean, there's nothing romantic about it. I actually, this is something I tweeted last night, and I'm not going to say it in the form of my tweet because I forget it. And plus, it's um, because we're having a conversation. mm -hmm. Um, They're like, so it'll be the group date, and it's like, what are we doing on this date? We're going shark diving, and the women are like, woo! Like, this is the best news ever. Or there's another date where um, they wanted to have lobster for dinner. And so they're talking to, like, the, they're in Belize and they're talking to mm-hmm. the local lobster fisherman. And, like, all the lobsters are spoken for, but he's going to let them go lobster diving with them. And she's like, oh my God. Like, this is this Yay! was the best date. It yeah. was everything she hoped for. And more than that. Sounds you know? amazing. I would not, I don't want to zip Ugh. line. I don't want to go on a helicopter. Uh-uh. I don't want to climb a bridge. I don't want to be in a harness. I don't want You know, Kate and I were supposed to go zip lining. We went urban zip lining in San Francisco. I
0: and didn't even know that was a thing yeah and we got all the way to the top of this tower and it was so high mm-hmm. and we, you go two at a time and she and i were strapped in i looked down and i got vertigo for the first time in my life and i was like i'm out and i just took my harness off and walked and kate was like what and then they like
1: pushed her and she went alone Aww.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i just i just walked down the 15 flights
1: of stairs or whatever and but like the world just moved underneath me like yeah that not an ideal date did you think that that's something you wanted to do though
0: yeah i'm super into like touristy stuff, adventure stuff. Every city Kate and I go to, we go to the best restaurant we can find and do at least one touristy thing. We took mm. a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. That was amazing. Stuff like that. We
1: just do any sort of fun
0: touristy thing right. we can think of. But
1: Where do you find the best restaurant and the best touristy thing?
0: Well, online. And then we ask people like whoever the cab driver is. We're like, what's the best restaurant in San Francisco? What's and we take sort of take a poll. And then we'll, if we do a radio show, we'll ask
1: the, mm-hmm. the DJ or something, you know. That's smart. Yeah. I would be like, I'm just going to hang out in my hotel room because I'm fun yeah. and, <laughs> and, and adventurous. Do you know, it's weird. Just
0: like I, I think um, it's weird so, Well, since it's Valentine's Day. I think it's, I think it's weird that uh, one thing that I realized that I used to do when I was in relationships and out of relationships, I only did like fun stuff in relationships and then not. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I get nothing just because I'm not like sleeping with someone just I'm not in a relationship I don't also get to go to amazing restaurants and go on Mm -hmm. trips and Mm -hmm. have adventures just because I'm I'm like that doesn't seem right like it just it all of a sudden just kind of hit me as like wait a minute I'm just like punishing my whole life because I'm not dating someone that feels weird and so now I try to have everything all the time except you know sometimes relationships sometimes not but I want like I went to Rome for New Year's with girlfriends and we just ate and drank and you know had a blast and I just, I don't know. I don't want to like deprive myself of stuff.
1: Yeah. See, I think I'm bad at at doing that stuff for myself too. I'm bad at, um, like, well, let let me explain it the other way. I'm someone who oftentimes will decide, no, I'm not going to do that last minute thing or unlike the woman on the bachelor, I'm not impulsive and I'm not really looking for someone who is either. Um, or, you know, it's, it's late at night and I'd rather blah, blah, blah. Like i am always, I always feel like there's stuff I should be doing instead of this last minute social fun thing. That's true. And yet the times of my life where I've, I've been like, oh, you guys are gonna, um, ride bikes to wherever, Mm -hmm. um, And I'll be like, it's so out of character for me to decide to do this early morning thing, but I'm going to do it. I always am really happy that I did. Yeah. So I know that I should make myself do those things more often, but I just don't.
0: Well, you know, here's a, here's a fun like here's a way to think of it because I feel like we're probably similar in like the workaholic thing where you yeah. always feel like you should yes. be doing more. You're never doing enough.
1: You're not like I have, I, same I have thing. trouble making. I have trouble going to the movies because I can't. Oh yeah, well I can't see, you shouldn't go to the movies.
0: You should take a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. <laughs> but fuck the movies. Yeah, you're do right. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how I kind of think of it. Like y- you can't have everything, and if you're going to be a workaholic and work all the time, you can't also you know, go out every night and you can't. So like, I just pick like, that's why I want to go to the best restaurant right. in the city. Cause I want to like, I have right. one it's not I need to eat out more no. often. It's no, it, yeah. I'm, I'm doing one dinner. You know, we're there for five nights. We're going out once and it's going to be huge. And then the rest of the time we work and mm-hmm. we're doing one thing and it's going to be Amazing and it, and then and then i feel good i feel like i have a real life and then the That's rest good. of the time the rest of the time we work we That's work on good. the plane we work in the hotel and then we have two outings that we have set aside and then i don't feel guilty now how are you with
1: scheduling social engagements though because i have a lot of friends what who will what social engagements well, i have no social engagements <laughs> i have no i don't social mean, i don't i don't mean like a... a Gala performance or anything like that. I just mean like I have a lot of friends who will tweet me like, oh, we should grab lunch or we should do this. Oh and my I'm God. like, yes, I agree, we should, but I know we're not going to because I I don't know how to begin to plan this, and I don't. I want can't to. do it. I panic. Yeah. I I I can't do I
0: can't do lunches because it mm-hmm. like takes your whole day and it sort of just takes the whole chunk out of the middle. Yes, I'd rather do uh like like drinks or dinner or something because mm-hmm. then I can sort of plan until then. But yeah, I don't like lunches. Either right, I'm really bad at that. My my friends are pretty understanding, but they they really don't see me very often. I'm I I, I, I don't have a social life. Kate and yeah. I um we make this motion on stage. It's our social life, and it's basically just us moving our finger uh, back and forth. That sounds gross. It's, it's us playing solitaire on our iPads. That's what we do when we go back to our hotel. It's like it's like we do two shows, and it's like woo amazing ah oh, so fun. And then we go back to our hotels silent. There's yeah. no one, nobody called. There's nothing to do. It's really eerie, and so we both like play solitaire alone until we go to bed.
1: That sounds kind of sad,
0: but it like it no, clears my mean, mind. I but that's my social life.
1: I I noticed in myself that the more I started um, performing professionally, mm-hmm. the less social I became in my off hours. Like I feel like there's sort of a, um, and also maybe the less funny or fun I became just casually too because. Mm-hmm. It became this – I don't know if it's because being funny then became this thing that I was thinking so much about and it was part of work or if it's because I just sort of – that need – that sort of exhibitionist thing was being satisfied by it's performing. beyond fulfilled by performing. Yeah. And so you don't – yeah. Right. So you're just taxed mm-hmm. afterwards. That's. I feel the same way. It's just – it's like –
0: yeah, I feel like you only have so much energy. Yes. And then you just don't want to perform for your friends. You just want to sit with them and just be together and just – have a margarita and just hang out and just just like let just let everything go Mm. like when I'm with my friends it's like very calming yeah and nice and you know we'll like sit on my couch and eat ice cream for five hours and just like lay there and talk
1: this past weekend I saw a bunch of my old friends I I grew up in Orange County California Mm. and I went down there for my friend's birthday and it was so nice to see everyone because these are all people that I I know really well mm-hmm. and I don't have to, you know, explain who I am or anything. Um, and it made me realize I really need to, I really should see my friends more often, like we were talking about, because it just feels so good. It fills you
0: up. Yeah. I, like, I, it's hard to schedule. You're like, oh, I yeah. can't do it.
1: And then when you do, you're just like, oh, Why right. I'm a person. And yet I'm and instantly... I love these people. Yes. Yeah. But I hate that because I feel like I'll blank, in ten years are like ten years could go by, and I will have seen them on their birthday, and that's it. Yeah, it's
0: it's really hard. I feel like once you get really busy, you have to kind of streamline, though. Mm-hmm. I, otherwise, you're going to burn out. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know many people who are workaholics and also crazy social. I just don't know how you'd have that kind of energy because it's not a time thing; it's an energy thing.
1: Yeah, but but the thing with being a workaholic though is. How much are you really getting done? Because if I just worked differently or more efficiently, Mm -hmm. if I were like Kinko's, now as opposed to Kinko's back then where you had to wait forever and then the person couldn't even help you and it was awful and you had newsprint all over your hands if you were making copies of clips and things. Right. Um, But at the same time, maybe I should just accept that that ship has sailed and I just work the way I work.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like... Uh, you have to like kind of schedule time to relax you have to or or, like even if it's not social like you have to recharge or else you're not going to get work done anyway yeah you can get busy work done but that's how I feel now I don't feel particularly creative because we've been touring so much and just doing like just busy work that like I haven't had time to recharge so I can be creative and write and I feel like you kind of need to schedule that I'm really bad at it Mm -hmm. so I don't know why I'm saying you I mean like the collective you but including you including myself yeah, I feel like you have to recharge yeah, or else the work is going to be crappy. You're going to end up having to redo it anyway. Topics on burrow. Oh, okay. Topics on burrow. Here we go. Oh. How to separate the wheat from the chaff. Chaff equals people who will lead you on the road to destruction.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I think the answer to that is knowing yourself, first mm-hmm. of all. Because if you know that you have certain patterns that involve going out with the wrong kind of people, mm-hmm. then I think if you meet that kind of person where you have that feeling of, oh my God, a, I like this person so much. I need to be around them. Right. That's probably bad. Yeah, like you, I, you probably should go the other way.
0: That's probably true. All I know is that I have no clue how to separate the wheat from the chaff, which is why I'm currently off the... That's why my beacon is off right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I still haven't... I yeah, I feel like I'm still you have no, I'm, no
1: insight I insight into
0: that. I I just feel like I don't know. I feel like after yeah, I've dated so many people and I and I look back for patterns and I don't have a fucking clue.
1: Well, it's t- see, I could see it being tough because you like nice guys. I do. If if you were like, I always end up with drug addicts who are dating multiple women, then it'd be easy to just no, avoid that. Not. But no, if you like the nice guy, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I mean it could. It could also be, though, that um, you actually are are fairly good at selecting people and you just haven't met the guy that's going to be the one for you yet.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just I feel like I thought I used to think I knew stuff. I used to think I I had good instincts. I used to think that I had good advice for people and now I know that I know nothing about relationships and that when I date again it's going to be like a total blank slate Mm -hmm. it's kind of scary but kind of uh exciting because I also feel like I'm like getting rid of my baggage I'm like sort of like I feel like I'm hibernating
1: right you know before I get back
0: out there I'm just like I'm just like really clearing out my Mm -hmm. issues and I just want
1: to start blank And just see what happens. That's good. That's how it was for me. I was in that, I hibernated for like four years, Mm -hmm. which by the end of it, it was like, okay, this is, there's something off that it's this hard for me to want to date again. But it was the first time in my life that I ever didn't feel the need to date. And I didn't feel the need to at the very least have someone that I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Like I truly was truly fine it's I was weird, almost right? too fine. I have
0: no crushes
1: and I don't want any crushes. It's, it's, it's very it's liberating. Yeah, it is for some, cause for me, it was always like, um, I, like I just remember thinking, okay, no one is hurting me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, my mood is not, uh, related to what I think is going on with this person or not. I'm the only, I'm in control of my emotions. It's not tethered to all this stuff that I can't control. Why would I want to give that up? Like yeah. this is something that you that's it 's hard to get to this place i don 't want to give, yeah, it.
0: and then maybe what you 're looking for in a relationship is something where it's where your emotional life is not tethered to how that
1: person's behaving yeah well that 's the yeah. thing that 's what I find in this relationship now is that i i don 't feel i don 't feel those huge highs and lows anymore, I just feel sort of a general good, but i mean but but i don 't ever sounds pretty great yeah it's nice, but yeah. I mean for the longest time i I would have not wanted that because I wanted. I wanted those highs. I know. I love the highs too. I'm
0: really into romance. I love like just getting totally swept off my feet, falling completely in love. I love that too. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It'll be interesting to see if I do have that again, or if I like meet someone who's more even keeled and right. Takes it slow and sees what happens. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but see I I have I can remember so well the shitty feelings even though they're a long time ago at this point it's like I can I can still recall them so well me too I'll I'll (laughs) just yeah I'll just sit there and sort of marvel at the fact that I don't wonder how he feels about me or I don't I I don't worry about it Mm -hmm. um and I feel pretty sure that he's not not gonna hurt me Mm -hmm. and like I just I can appreciate that so much that that almost feels like a high
0: yeah that's it. Feels like a more long term high, a more sustainable. High. Yes,
1: yeah. Because yes. if it's
0: like a super super romantic love, like when is that gonna? When are they gonna take that away from you? Like right. when does that turn? Or when right. are you gonna get bored? Or you know, right? If it's not supported by that other stuff.
1: I mean, for me, it was just about not, not um, being. I mean, I don't. Maybe codependent is too strong, but no, not getting into a state where I felt like if I don't have this person in my life, I'm not going to be okay. And I always and uh, very quickly got to those mm-hmm. to got to that place before this relationship yeah. or before my, my four years. That's so good that you don't have
0: that. I definitely had that in my last relationship. I thought if I lost this person that like I wasn't ever going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And like now I feel like, okay, maybe I will. Maybe it'll be okay. It'll be, it'll be different, but it'll be okay. You know, Were you... but I did feel
1: that. Were you happy for most of the relationship or was it up and down?
0: Yeah. I mean, it definitely had ups and downs, definitely, but not, um, but yeah, yeah, I was definitely happy. Yeah, for sure.
1: But do you ever talk to him or see him or
0: I, uh, don't, I don't, I'm not strong like that. I'm not like, like the thought of being friends with someone I loved or being like anyone that I loved. I've never like spoken to since, you know, I just can't do it. I'm Mm -hmm. too, I'm like, I would fall apart. I'm such a crier. I would just, I would lose it. I would, you know.
1: Well, that's good though. Cause then, then at least you're not complicating it by right. that sort of in between, like, what are we now? Kind of Yeah, thing no, that's I'm that's not, something.
0: I'm not a friends with exes kind of person. Like if it's if someone I dated and it was casual and it just didn't go like, that's fine. We could totally be friends, but mm-hmm. someone I like loved the
1: December guy.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll see him around. It'll be fine. He's a nice person, whatever. But, um, yeah, the, the ex, no way. No way. We'll never be friends. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't want good things for him. Like it's not, I don't hate him, but I, I could never be friends with someone I loved. Are you, um,
1: I, I am friends with a lot of people that I was involved with, Mm -hmm. but anyone that I was in a serious relationship with, I'm not. Yeah. And I actually feel this weird anger towards a lot of them which Mm -hmm. i almost feel like is unwarranted and i don't know where it comes from but when i think of them i'm just like i have this weird like knee-jerk kind of like i i can't believe i was with that person for this long or whatever and then i then i wonder where is that coming from this like derision because i'm not really a sort of i'm not a hateful spiteful derisive person yeah and yet there's this bloom of like when i think about i think it's probably this sort of hangover from all of the stuff I suppressed to stay in the relationship with them maybe oh. I, I think yeah because it wasn't in in those relationships but it wasn't like they did they didn't cheat on me or they didn't it wasn't like there's was anything I can point to it was yeah. just they didn't get me mm-hmm. and I allowed that to go on for a long time and then all Meeting of a sudden someone I who gets you is, is, is pretty profound
0: it really is. And it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who who like you and get along with you and who even love you, but meeting someone who gets you, I feel like that's uh, that's a
1: gift. Here's the weird depressing corollary to that, though, mm-hmm. just so we can go out on a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you can feel like the person gets you, mm-hmm. and maybe they do, but that doesn't mean that they feel like you get them. That's and you, true. And you, could, you can feel like they get you and, and you get them. And And still, yes. And it took me a while to realize that because, but then I started looking at it like, well, but you could go to dinner and you could, let's say it's spaghetti or something. You could eat spaghetti and you think it's so good Mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily think that. It's not true. That's so depressing to think about. I know because it's depressing, but in a way it's liberating when you realize that, because I used to feel like, but this feels so amazing to me. How can it not feel, you know, how are they not feeling it? Yeah. And then I realized, well, because it's, it doesn't work that way always. Yeah. There's like part of them that's like
0: feeling unseen or
1: yeah, unheard or yeah. Yeah. Guys have to be heard. You have to, yeah, I've learned that they have to be seen and heard. Like I guess do, women do too, but yeah, I, I feel like I do almost too much. Mm. I, I feel like I demand that someone understand every fucking level of me, like way too much. Oh, it's really? probably exhausting. My boyfriend is probably tired all the time.
0: Really? From- I think I should be more like that. Well, I think I sort of like, like to be like the woman. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I like Making to sort of sandwiches. turn off. Yeah, I like to be the sandwich maker. I like to be like the girlfriend.
1: Yeah. Just like be you, like. You don't feel like he needs to understand everything you're feeling and thinking and. No. Saying and doing no. and.
0: I mean, it's nice if they do.
1: You don't ever have that moment where you're like, I used to be in therapy, but now I just talk to you.
0: <laughs> no god
1: no god me, no either i would never not be in therapy <laughs> <go>. oh okay <laughs> yeah i know i <laughs> i haven't been in therapy for a little while now because um, of your relationship you know no like because have- i i moved back to california mm-hmm. i was in new york for 10 years and no no not because no for if for any if anything being in the relationship makes it so i should be in therapy yeah. more because there's another person who's dealing with the fact that i'm not in therapy right um i moved back from new york I was in New York for almost 10 years, moved back to California, and I initially saw the therapist that I had seen in California from like – like a therapist that I had gone to when I was in college. Yeah. And I thought, oh, how exciting, you know? Yeah. And then pretty quickly I just realized that I missed – and actually she's she's kind of like into social media and Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if she could be hearing this if she is. Hi. Um, (laughs) Oops. But I – But, but I do love her and I appreciate everything she did, but it just didn't feel right anymore for me because it's like, this is some, yeah. And Mm -hmm. she, I felt like at the beginning and I just didn't want to put the time in to sort of get back to make it so that she knows who I am now, Mm -hmm. because I felt like a lot of things she was saying had to do with who I was, you know. Years right. ago, and you're like, yeah, and I solved just, that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not obsessed with the Backstreet Boys anymore. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like... I mean, not always be obsessed with them, but right. yeah. <laughs> so it just, I don't know, and I just haven't looked around to find another therapist out here. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I'll talk to my New York therapist on the phone.
0: Oh, that's nice. Um, have
1: like a phone session, but mm-hmm. I'm not. But but there's a lot of things though that come up where all of a sudden I'll be like, why am I reacting this way to this thing? Why am I reacting so strongly? Mm-hmm. And I realize that if I were in therapy, it, this wouldn't be happening because i'd be dealing with all my shit i really like
0: analysis like self-analysis and i'm into all that stuff yeah i go to like a self-help workshop thing i'm in therapy i'm i'm really into that stuff
1: how long have you been into all this stuff
0: um therapy for like years uh the self-help thing i found post breakup Mm -hmm. but it was something i would have gravitated toward at any point in my life this is it a group therapy thing or there's what this is woman, it marianne williamson she does she oh yes i so return to love yeah yeah you read that but she's amazing and she speaks on monday nights in la and i go and i just like learn and it challenges Where does you she speak uh at the saban theater on wilshire huh. i and, might have to check that oh my out my gosh it just it just is like really opens your mind and it makes you really figure out your shit like you'd be like why am i getting so angry and then she'll do some lecture and you're like she'll talk about it for an hour about why you get angry and you're just like oh gosh she's right you know she's very smart does this cost money 15
1: dollars. small price to pay small for price inner peace yep exactly i actually have never made it all the way through one of her books my new york mm-hmm. therapist aforementioned new york therapist mm-hmm. which, the funny thing is that my california therapist was like very put together and kind of looks A little bit like Hillary Clinton, maybe, and my but but prettier, but and my New York therapist is like super hippy dippy kind of granola would like sit on the floor. Yeah, I was like, I feel like they're each the cliche a little bit the cliche of what you'd expect on the other coast, right? Like Um, a little too far, right? So she was you know very into she's actually into astrology a little bit, which I always thought was hmm. I'm paying for this. What? Yeah. But um, she always recommended Marion Williamson's books and then I would try to read them and I'm like, I can't I can't get beyond... I I get the yeah. message of it, but I can't get it beyond like chapter three.
0: Yeah. It's dense. It is. It's, her her, her uh, lectures are dense too where you're like, what? Like sometimes I like take notes because mm-hmm. I can't take it all in because she's so smart and it's so dense that you're just like,
1: I, what? Yeah. I'm totally going to have to check one of these out it's though. It's amazing. Because I miss being a part of something um where i'm thinking about myself all the time Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i mean i have this podcast but it's not doing it entirely because i've guessed you Mm -hmm. know i'm just kidding not that i just miss that sort of open dialogue about self-help type stuff
0: yeah and i I know i'll be super sick of myself sooner or later but this whole past year has been very like self-analysis like moving forward doing it and so i've learned a lot but i bet i'll reach a point where i'm like okay over it shut the fuck up moving on gonna go have some fun
1: Mm-hmm. I hmm maybe yeah i hope well ricky lindholm thank you so much thank for you stopping for me by me. my house and for being on this podcast you're welcome um I need to give a quick bit of love to one of our sponsors, gamefly.com. I don't know if they have solitaire, probably not, but if you're into playing solitaire, I bet you would be into playing these video games. Um, it's like Netflix for video games. They is a video game rental system that delivers games to your door and now directly to your PC. So go to gamefly.com slash Rosen, or use the banner on my website, allisonrosen.com and click through the banner. Um, um, if you go to just Gamefly, this is where it gets confusing. If you go to just com, you can sign up by clicking the joystick in the top right corner and entering the promo code ROSEN in that. And then that will give you um, a special trial sign-up period. You get 15 free days. Uh, or you can just go to Gamefly.com slash ROSEN. I made this so much more confusing than it needed I, to be. i Okay.
0: Oh, good. Gamefly.com slash ROSEN. That's right. Or go to your website. And yeah. click on the banner, and that will take you to com slash
1: Rosen. You're right. I did break that down really well. Yeah. Also, Amazon. Let's say you're going to go to Amazon, and you're going to buy something anyway, which you are, because everyone uses Amazon click through the banner on my website and then that will help me and then i'll be able to continue helping you with just being delightful i don't even know what i'm saying anymore um but also garfunkel and oats have a new album slippery when moist february 21st is that like a little play on uh slippery Slippery when 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 yes that that title was given to us by reggie watts i like that Mm -hmm. Reggie Watts, with whom you were performing when you almost weren't allowed to perform exactly. in San Francisco. That comes out February 21st. Where can everyone get that? iTunes or CD Baby or anywhere, actually. Anywhere CDs are in your computer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your website is com, yes. Or they can follow you on Twitter at Lindholm mm-hmm. And they should listen to Making It with Ricky Lindholm yes, on please. nerdist.com. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, You should follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the Twitter feed for this show at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F, which is um, Allison Rosen is your new best friend, but it looks like Aryan boyfriend, which is an (laughs) unfortunate, unfortunate thing. Um, And then one last thing that we typically do on this show Mm -hmm. is Producer Gary. Mm -hmm. I feel like Producer Gary is not a good enough nickname for him. So we're always in search of other nicknames. Do you have any there? Gare Bear. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. And he, when he's mad
0: at you, he does the Gare, Bear stare.
1: Oh, the Gare Bear stare. Oh, the Gare Bear glare Oh, the Gare glare Oh, my stare. God. This one is. If you have a top. secret, be
0: like, Gare Bear, share.
1: Top of the leaderboard mm-hmm. right now. That's. I oh, like man. In your face to the rest of the nicknames. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. It. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, thanks for listening. And um, you guys are awesome. And if you enjoyed this, please give it a, a um, five star rating on iTunes. And if you didn't enjoy it, then take a long look in the mirror because I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> okay. I love you guys. See you next week. Or you'll hear me next week. Bye. 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 Hey, do you know, uh-